Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig?
Today's Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live here in New Orleans on the Black Star Network. For the first time, a black woman is officially a member of the Supreme Court. Today, Judge Tati Brown Jackson was sworn in at noon today. We'll show you what took place. We talk about again what that means as the Supreme Court's rulings play a huge role in upending our society. She walks into a very conservative Supreme Court, again, a crucial time in American history. Speaking of the Supreme Court, they came down with the rulings on the issue of climate change, uh, limiting federal authority uh, and restoring a lot of that power back to the states. Mark Morial, CEO of the National Urban League, uh, will join us. So many things are on the agenda. Speaking of the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade, that decision, also voting rights decisions uh, as well. A new case that they're going to be taking up next year that will actually expand uh, Republican legislatures when it comes to controlling outcomes of elections. This is based upon a crazy, narrow, weird legal theory. Trust me, folks. We talk about that. You're going to understand, again, how dangerous these times are when it comes to the Supreme Court. Also on today's show, we'll be joined by Ben Crump and some plaintiffs, black women who have filed lawsuit against Google, alleging uh, systemic uh, racism and discrimination. Uh, and uh, on today's show, uh, we'll have uh, the, uh, the opening uh, ceremonies of the uh, 2022 Essence Festival. We'll show you what took place and also go through and explain all the events that are happening here in the Crescent City. Folks, it is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best belief, he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Do solemnly swear that I will administer justice. That I will administer justice without respect to persons. Without respect to persons. And do equal right. And do equal right to the poor and to the rich. To the poor and to the rich. And that I will faithfully and impartially. And that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform. Discharge and perform all the duties. All the duties incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. As an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Under the Constitution. Under the Constitution. And laws of the United States. And laws of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. And now on behalf of all of the members of the court, I am pleased to welcome Justice Jackson to the court and to our common calling. And with that, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson becomes the 116th Supreme Court Justice in 
United States history, the first African-American woman to ascend to that position. She, she, of course, 51 years old. That took place today at noon. Just as Stephen Breyer, who administered the oath, uh, he announced yesterday that he was retired. First of all, he announced long ago that he was retiring at the end of this term, but he sent notice to President Joe Biden yesterday that he would be retiring after the final Supreme Court uh, decision uh, came out uh, today, and that certainly was the case. And then, of course, that ceremony took place. And so uh, the, the uh, SCOTUS, of course, they are done for the summer. They will then reconvene uh, in October. She goes on the court at a perilous time where, uh, where liberal uh, justices, frankly, are in the minority in a significant way. Conservatives hold a 6-3 to three majority on this court, even when Justice John Roberts, who is a conservative, even when he rules uh, with the liberal justices, the reality is it's still five to four. And so uh, her ascendance to the court uh, comes at a crucial time. And well, these, this battle is going on also for the integrity of the Supreme Court. Joining us right now is Melanie Campbell, convener of the Black Women's Roundtable National Coalition Black Civic Participation. Uh, CEO Melanie, glad to have you here. So uh, again, this is I was so we were there. Uh, we were there uh, when um, she was confirmed. And uh, it was it was it was quite interesting because there were there were so many people there, but there were so many black women. There were older black women mm -hmm. who were extremely emotional when she walked out with President Biden, with Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, so just just talk about again what what seeing that being a part uh, of of seeing this history, what it means. Um. I tell you, Roland, you know how you, we do down here in this uh, stormy weather, right? And in the midst of the stormy weather, you see a rainbow. And it felt like that today, watching her. We, uh, it's like we're going through so much and we're under such attack, knowing that, yes, it will be when she doesn't have, she's not going to be uh, necessarily on the, uh, being able to win the cases we want to see us win right now. But it was like a rainbow that that it's gonna be all right. That how I, that's how I felt today. But it my when I'm talking to my I got a text from one of my nieces and folks are just get texting and 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 screaming just like it, we had just found out. Like it was just like the emotion in the midst of knowing we're in a, we're still in a fight. And so that's that was my initial response. And just like yeah, it's storming, but here's a rainbow. And when she walked out there and saw her, put her hand on that Bible. It, it was just, it was a great moment that I, that I remember for the rest of my life. And you know, one of the things that, uh, that I've sort of said and it, is that when we've had these historic moments, uh, obviously President Barack Obama, uh, but then when Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, when, when they actually win becomes Vice President, uh, I, I sort of look at the reaction from different people. And it, 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 it's not the same as when we think about other historic historic first. So, and I think, I'll dare say this, that this generation, uh, and not meaning, okay, just millennials or Gen Z, mm -hmm. I'm saying that, that folk today, I believe, are not as fully appreciative of what we are witnessing when we're talking about uh, walls come tumbling down, um, this actually happening. When I, when, when, when I look at uh, the fact that uh, eight black women have been appointed to the appeals court in the history of the United States, uh, and 11 have been appointed by President Biden since since he got in. And I hear people say, 
okay, fine, that's no big deal. Right. And I'm going, no, that, that, that's a huge deal. And, and so I think there are times when this generation, I believe, should, should be far more appreciative of these historic firsts that we're actually witnessing. Yeah. And, and I, I would say, uh, in part, I do agree with you. And also, uh, I think that there are those who do. Um, I think part of it for this generation, younger generation, is that uh, they came up under seeing the first black president. But also things are very different in just how they want to see things happen more quickly in a different kind of way. But the response I got came from a lot of young women today, right, that text me and whatever. But I think as a whole, there's also a civics lesson we have to do. Mm -hmm. There's also being able to know that um, how powerful it is to be able to have our folks who have lived experience who know where they came from to be on. Thomas, uh, Clarence Thomas reminds of where somebody who has forgotten where they came from, and, and now he's on steroids with it right now. But to be able to say that we want to have justice, young people are fighting for Black uh, Lives Matter and all this, if you don't have the ability, the court system, the judicial system, is just as important as who's sitting at the White House, and sometimes even more important because these decisions. So I think it's a civics lesson and being able to understand. And I said to, to young people, we've been talking for the last few days behind what happened with Roe v. Wade uh, and, the, and, and the response that maybe people in my generation go, okay, we get that we've got to do something with who, who's going to be in the Congress. And they say, well, Biden's not doing enough. Yeah, but he can't do it if he doesn't have the votes. So part of it is just being able to understand and owning the power, but knowing that, yes, some things we've we got to fight hard, but you've got to know how this works. And it's three right. levels of government. And so if, if, so if one's not doing what you want to see and, happen, and, and and, you got Or but, influencing but that's it the wrong way. Three, there are three co-equal branches. branches. Yes, right, right. And, and, right. So, and I think that, that that's the piece that I think a lot of people, you know, mm -hmm. they, they don't quite accept that uh, the presidency is one thing, Congress is another, but the mm -hmm. courts are another. Mm -hmm. uh, they are, they are co-equal branches. One actually isn't over the other. The other thing is that a lot of these issues that have been decided by the Supreme Court in terms of these rulings, Congress can actually pass laws where it now is codified. So, I mean, the reality is the Voting Rights Act doesn't have to be renewed every 25 no. years. They can, they, they can actually... Powers, they, yeah. Well, no, but, but they can actually create Go a, ahead, a whole true. new and make that just and, and the law. Permanent. And it's permanent. <laughs> and, 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 and so same thing with Roe v. Wade. Right. When you talk about uh, these environmental decisions, mm -hmm. what that now means is, it's now you begin to, now, as I keep saying, now let's look at how we talk about power. Yeah. Now let's look at how, now we talk about who's in control. Now it's a question of saying, okay, and again, it, we've already seen it, but President Biden today came mm -hmm. out in Madrid, Spain, uh, saying that he supports uh, ending the filibuster uh, to codify Roe v. Wade, dealing with voting rights and some other issues. Well, first of all, Senators Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin are made perfectly clear we're yeah, not going to do, do that, which now means that if you're watching or listening, that's why it's critically important right. to win the seat in Wisconsin, to win the seat in Pennsylvania, to win the seat in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Try to win the seat in Florida. Georgia. Try to win the seat uh, well, Georgia to hold it because you have a Democratic incumbent. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, now the focus has to be, hey, look, it's 50-50. These two are saying no. If we get 53 or 55, we now negate those two, and you can actually get it done. And then being able to really, uh, young people uh, are going to have to get their peers, you know, 
to those who understand the system to educate. That's what we've been talking about with our Black Youth Vote program. Young people are going to have to convince young people to say, look, here's where it's happening. The president's not on the ballot. You may be upset with him, right. maybe upset with him, but who's on the ballot? Right. And who can do something about what just happened last week? Who can do something? Now, EPA, what happened today? What? Now we're talking about, okay, now, okay, we're going to be out here, and, and, and we already died. We in Louisiana, Cancer Alley is up the street, right? And so when you were worried about the environment, the Supreme Court just took, uh, uh, gutted the powers of the EPA. So that's one of those issues. So the Congress is what's up, and we got to really bring that home. Uh, because I hear, I'm hearing, and I am concerned, because I hear this, this, this frustration, and I get it. I'm frustrated, too, but I also understand power. And so if you, if you own your power, then you say, okay, this is not working over here. I'm, how do we uh, exert our power over here right. so we can get, move the ball and get to the things that you're concerned about? So, I, I, so that's where I am. I'm really, really concerned. And this summer, we've got to really be uh, engaging our young people to say, own your power. You have the numbers I, to shift this right. thing. I, mean, I, had, uh, I had, a, had a young sister who tweeted me, uh, this was, could be earlier this week or could have been last week, and, and, and she was making that point. And, and I told her, she said, oh, uh, uh, we turned out uh, in, uh, in 2020, uh, and, and we're tired of these uh, baby boomers, these octogenarians uh, running. I said, actually, you didn't vote your numbers. I said, no, nah, your numbers were up. Yeah, definitely. I said, but you didn't vote your numbers. I said, you vote your numbers, you can actually determine the election. Because, uh, in fact, I was, in fact, uh, Gary Owen, excuse me, Gary Chambers Jr. Uh, sent out a tweet uh, earlier where he said that in Louisiana, uh, he said that um, the turnout, it was a very, it was very interesting, because, which was, this is one of the issues I was talking about with my guest on yesterday, uh, where he said that the turnout in New Orleans, the black turnout in New Orleans in 2018, the midterm election 2018, was 28%. Then I said, I think he said in Monroe or Shreveport or Baton Rouge, one of those, it was 32 and 36%. And I said, folks, you get that number from 28 to 50. You control. To 32, 36 to 50, 55, 60. I said, you get what you want. Mm -hmm. And you can elect who you want. And right. If that's a peer, or you want to run yourself. And that's what I think. Uh, uh, one thing I will say, and I think um, uh, millennials, Gen Z, didn't get the credit they, that they did turn out uh, in, in, in much better numbers in 2018 because they saw the threat, right? Um, and so you had women vote 54%, men almost four, close to 50%. And I think one of the things that I'm, we've been looking at is, like, I think if we don't have numbers to that level, or even in some cases even higher, then we're, we're going to look at that we won't, it won't matter because we won't have a, a, a government system that we can influence through our Yeah, vote. I mean, I, I mean, mean, it's just, it comes down to that. Again, you can be, you can be frustrated, you can be upset, you can be angry, you can be mad, but at the end of the day, uh, it, when it comes to this issue of power, uh, the dynamics are changed based upon who turns out. Mm -hmm. And if somebody else is turning out more than you are, they win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that with the Supreme Court, because uh, it was always a thing that people didn't really pay attention to. The one thing I, that, I'm, that I'm 
cautiously optimistic. More people understand the power of that, of, of what happens with those nine people sitting on that bench. And the fact that you have uh, 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 Clarence Thomas, uh, who ha is, is, is signally, signaling, excuse me, that, hey, I'm going after the, um, the LGBTQ rights next. I'm going to go after, uh, we want to uh, control what happens in your bedroom. It gets down to that. You know, when people say privacy, no, they tell you what you can do, how, how you can have um, uh, your relationships with whoever you decide to have your relationship. I mean, it gets down to your, all in your business. But see, a so lot the question of question becomes, what are you going to do about it? And the only thing you can do about it, I do believe it's time for reform, but you can't have reform and put more people on there so you have a balance without the Congress. And that's who's on the ballot in 2022, well, not Biden and Harris. The, the Congress. Well, the, well, that's why I, that, what, I, what I constantly say on this show is that what ticked me off when y'all were out there marching, getting arrested, uh, the, the, the constant um, uh, protests on Capitol Hill, uh, in the Senate building, in the, in, 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 in the streets of D.C., a lot of those LGBT folks were not there. A lot of those white activists were not there. I saw so many out there at the Supreme Court after the Roe v. Wade decision. And I was saying then, hey, y'all, this, this voting fight, and this ain't uh, just about us. I'm like, y'all in this too. And so other folks are going to have to realize that when we're talking about fighting for this democracy, it doesn't mean that, oh, you can only fight for your little piece. No, 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 no. What's happening over here has an impact on you. What's happening over there has an impact. And, I, and, and that's one of the things that I think is, is, is critically important for folks to understand, because black people kind of like, let's see, we tried to tell y'all. We, we, we told y'all this was going to happen. And again, and so when, when, when Thomas said that, a whole bunch of gay folks all of a sudden was like, oh, my God. And we're like, we, we tried to tell you yeah. I mean, that, 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 that this was going to happen. Just like, mm -hmm. just like we're trying to tell Cinnamon and Manchin, y'all can be against any of the filibuster right now. If the Republicans get control of the House and a Senate in a White House, they absolutely and, will and they make could, H.R. 1, and they will actually codify and, uh, yeah. the uh, ban on Roe v. Wade and say abortion completely illegal in America Period. and will not apologize mm -hmm. for ending the filibuster to make it happen. And, that's, and, that, and, the, and when folks go after controlling women's bodies, that's how you wake up and you don't have a democracy. Look, and we think nothing can happen like what's happening in other countries. But when they go after women's controlling our bodies, that is a sign where they're willing to go. You know, they, there's a group of uh, people who, in this country who have decided they would rather not have a democracy or the ability for, for folks to vote you know, for, for the, uh, and have that vote mean anything, mm -hmm. that only a minority type of white folk, not all white people, mm -hmm. but um, so, and, and I think that with what we have seen through what's going on with the January 6th uh, hearings, uh, what has happened over the last two years especially, um, folks are willing to give it up for it to be something else so that they have a minority rule, power-type state, and that's where we are, and that's what I have a, you know, I stay up at night. I can't sleep because I'm like, I'm just praying that folks wake up enough to know if you got to stay in the fight all the way. You can't fight today and say, well, I'm just tired of it. It don't matter because it does. And, and we're, we're at a crossroads 
uh, and and I look at it, and I know you got you know you have raised nieces and nephews. Same here. I'm worried about their future, right? Um, and how this and because I know have lived long enough to know who sits on that bench is a lifetime, and the, the kinds of decisions that that Clarence Thomas, who's I think the oldest in my family, right? Almost 30, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. He, and he, how, he, well, how now that, that Briar's left, yeah. he's right. the oldest yeah, in Alito. Right, right. And how that, those, some of those decisions that he helped to uh, push over, how that damaged our community. And so I think it's important that folks see the Supreme Court and what it means and say, I, I, can I do something? Yeah, you can vote. I'm nonpartisan, so I can't you know, go too far on, but I'm just saying, pay attention to what needs to happen. In this election, if you want to see change, we keep pressuring the executive branch, right? Right. We're going to keep doing that. But understand, in this moment, in these next five months, I guess it is, four or five months we got left, we better get busy. And we're also having to deal with voter suppression anyhow right. in this election. So we've got to get our people ready now and, 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 and take advantage of the few months that we have left to make change. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the only, that's the only way. Uh, it happens. And so what I keep yelling, hollering, and screaming, again, you can yell, holler, scream, cuss all you want to, but if you're not uh, mobilized and then you're not organized, organized. none of that actually happens. None of it happens. Mm -hmm. All right. Melody, hold tight one second. Uh, folks, we're going to go to break. Uh, we come back. We're also going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court decision that dealing with the environment. Huge impact on black folks as well. Uh, Mark Moriel, the National Urban League, will be joining us. Plus, we'll be talking uh, to Ben Crump about uh, a group of black women at, at Google suing them for race, for discrimination. We have all of that right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, broadcasting live from New Orleans. We'll be right back. Gave us all a brand new iPhone 13. We've been customers for years. We got iPhone 13s too. Switched two minutes ago, literally right before this. iPhone 13 on us on any unlimited plan for every customer. With plans starting at just $35. All on the network more people rely on. Who didn't? I mean, he's a he's a he's a genius. But then also, I was this 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 kid from Brooklyn right. that felt like you know, give me my damn respect. I, you know, I, I I made this you know this creative art right that people are responding to, and it would have been great if we had the opportunity to sit one on one. Hold on a second. Okay. Spike. Love So I'm in LA right now. I got a one-on-one -on -one series with my network, Black Star Network. And I'm interviewing Maddie Rich. I appreciate that, bro. That, that was, that's a big moment, man. That was like, uh, man, that was good. Got me all choked up. That's good. Well, I'm all about connecting. Appreciate that, bro. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. 
The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hi, I'm Gavin Houston. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. White House announced today the Vice President Kamala Harris will be in New Orleans on Saturday, speaking from the main stage uh, at Essence Fest. That she she made the request to do so uh, because of these particular times. She and other administration officials are going to be here. Melody Campbell, I want to talk to you about that because she was last here in 2019. Uh, obviously, uh, this is a large venue, large crowd, but also I think. Um, it is important because I, I, I've been saying this for even when she was, even when she was U.S. senator, mm-hmm. um, and when she and both Senator Cory Booker ran for president, I said that I thought both of them had made a grave mistake in that when they joined the United States Senate, they did not lock up a black base. And what I meant by that was they, they were not frequently on black radio. They were not uh, frequently speaking to black organizations, and that was sort of this assumption that oh, folks know who we are. Uh, and even now, when you look at polling numbers, that she's around 83, 85 percent among African Americans. No, that number has it needs to be 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I've said that um, you know it, what she should do, she should literally uh, uh, go to Biden and say, hey, what black conventions you not doing? Mm-hmm. And, and and I really believe that uh, if he's only going to do the NAACP, National Urban League, hey, she needs to be at the National Bar Association. Uh, National, Association, National Association of Black Journalists, a black journalist, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, National uh, Bankers Association, because um, I mean the reality is uh, it, it's going to be crucial uh, for this administration when it comes to 2024. Uh, but also, I believe that black folks need to, need to be hearing more of her, mm-hmm. and so I think her coming here Saturday is important, and they should be doing more of that. I say it. Her, and just flat out, her absolute best speech, she's, she's the vice president at the funeral in Buffalo. Nice. Wasn't written, no teleprompter, spoke from the heart, spoke, spoke off the cuff, 
Uh, and that needs to be more of that. Uh, yes, I, I think part of it, um, when we met with her, when we were dealing with the voting rights uh, issues and other issues, uh, we know with, the, with our black women, John Taylor and our black women's collective group, um, one of the things that she said she wanted to do more of was to get out more. Um, COVID, you know, um, understanding the COVID and how important it is to get out of that bubble. And so, I, so, I, so I'm glad she is coming. And I think she needs to, he needs to, every chance he gets because if, um, you know, I don't know who they talk to to get these, these polling numbers and, you know, and, and they say that they're never, never going to get above 50%. Um, I don't believe that's the case. Uh, but, but you're right. You can't, um, if you need the black vote, which they do, the Democrats, not just them, then you have to be in those higher numbers. And so I think the way to do that is to, to, as much as possible, be on the ground. People want to, to see and hear from you. They want to um, see not you, on hear you, touch you, year, feel you. That's the, that's the thing. Um, um, and, and they're not on the ballot, so this is a good thing to show up when you're not on the ballot. So, okay, so, all right, so, she, so she's coming here. If, 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 the, if her office called, I mean, what advice would you, would you give them as to how... Um, what she should focus on, how she should approach uh, speaking Saturday. Um, I think uh, well, for black women, right, we, we, we're, oh, yes, we're going to be excited to see her. But I think you know, uh, the issues that she's uh, speaking up more about that are impacting us, uh, those are also economic issues as well as issues of justice. So I think just talk to, talk to us, tell us what, you know, what, you, what, you, what you're doing. But yeah, also be, because what also you, we're not sure what the yeah. format's going to be. Yeah, I don't either. Whether she's but, being interviewed, like when Michelle Obama was here, or whether she's simply going to yeah. be speaking uh, from the stage. Either way, right. whether she's being interviewed or whether she's speaking from a podium. Tell us what you've been doing and tell us what you're getting ready to do. And, 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 and she's been on a lot of those things. Because the other thing that's happening after what happened with the uh, uh, Roe v. Ray being struck down is that we know as black women that we're going to be over-criminalized, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we know that we already, and she's already working on the issue of, 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 of you know, um, uh, uh, mortality issues when it comes to, to black women and, and maternal mortality, right? And those kinds of issues. Talk to us about those things um, and, and what you're doing as a part of a Biden-Harris administration, because you're one president at a time, right? And I, and I, and I say that. But I think she just needs to do that and be be, the, be her authentic I, self. I, I, it will go a long way, and I think we're going to see that. I, I'm, I'm think I think she should walk out there in some jeans and her tennis shoes, mm -hmm. and she say, "I came here in work clothes." Mm -hmm. I think I, I think I think what she has to do is she has to give a charge message. Mm -hmm. It can't be one where you're essentially restating what we already know. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can articulate. What they've done, what's the impact? But it ha to me, it has to be a, a, a it has to be a charge. It has to yeah. be when you leave here. This is what I need you doing in the next five months. Yeah. This is and, what I need you doing. But not and, everybody does know, though, Roland. Not everybody knows. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. not. No, I'm yeah. saying what I'm yeah. saying is what I'm saying is that is what often happens is we hear oh how important this is. It's a doggone shame. Here's the whole deal. Got it. Well, but, but, we, but I'm we, saying. We but I'm saying. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Okay. What I'm saying is. Because I get this all around the country. What I hear from people is, I don't know what to do. I, I, where, I, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that is the one thing that I get from flight attendants, from folk uh, cutting hair, from folks who I run to the convenience store. People say stuff, but they say, 
man, this is messed up. This is screwed up. Man, what's going on in this country? Man, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's when I then say, I need you to do this mm-hmm. or this or this. And so people are waiting for that charge. And, and I think, look, if, if, she, if she's standing up, look, she's going to be speaking the same night Dan Jackson uh, is going to be performing. There's going to be 65,000, 70,000 people in there. Uh, and, and I would also hope uh, they make it clear that, sh- that, that she says, hey, I'm in Louisiana. Y'all can beat Senator John Kennedy if there are 300,000 unregistered black people in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And the Democratic governor won by 30,000 votes uh, in, uh, in 2020. You can actually do this. And so, again, to, to, to me, that charge is critically important that, hey, y- enjoy yourself here. Enjoy the concerts mm-hmm. and the food and everything else. Well, and I, and but come July 5th, yeah. well, that's what let's I mean go. By, that's what I mean by being ready for the fight, right? She, she's got a role, and I hear what you're saying. And, of course, everybody in this, in this has a role to play. And being able to say what's next, what, what, what she's getting ready to do, what the Biden-Harris administration is going to do to fight, but, but what they can do, I agree with you on that. We ha- and that part of why I was, you know, hesitant to come because I'm like, oh, my God, all these people with COVID, right? But I just said, no, we got to get in here, and we got to— have a good time and organize while we're here. And a right. lot of that's going on this week, and, and I think that was really important. So, we you know, we're doing our Black Women's Roundtable, as you know, too. And thank you for kind of covering us on that and really talking about what's going on and what we need to do in this midterm election and how in, in this, in this honest, it's yep. upon us, and we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, I think that's just one of those things. Look, you're going to be in that, you're going to be on that stage. Um, you know, you know, I've been talking to the essence people, you know, again, how they're going to allow other media to cover it, broadcast it live, be able to push it out. Uh, and, and to me, uh, that's just going to be hugely, hugely, hugely important mm-hmm. because just because just again, that that's just that w- what drives me crazy. And I say this to people who are always heavily involved in the political piece. We live and breathe this every single day. Mm-hmm. What people are still are looking for is. Where do I go? What do I do? And I try to make it as simple as possible mm-hmm. in terms of the first thing is I need you to focus on whoever's in your family, on your street, on your block, in your house, whatever. I need you to get minimum 10 people registered. Right. Then I need you to get those 10 to go. I mean, in terms and of be get, ready to vote. And go check your voter yeah, 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 but, 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 but I need to get them registered, registered first. Yeah. Before I can even talk about getting to the polls, because yeah. what happens is, it's a lot of people talk about all the issues, what's important, then they totally bypass those registration deadlines. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're watching or listening, check your state. What is the deadline to be registered? Because again, you can be tweeting and Facebooking and Instagram and TikToking. Mm-hmm. It don't mean nothing yeah. if the deadline passes. You go, oh dang, I didn't know. Well, you know how we did. We're gonna do the Are you vote ready? Also, if you're registered now, check it now because yeah, of, the, of the voter of, because of the purging that's being done indiscriminately now because of all these voter suppression laws. Yeah. So these are the months that we have to do it in July and August and make sure that you need to change your registration status. Check your registration. Make sure even if you've been voting all your life, make sure they have a yeah. purge you for the poll because that's yeah. the other trick. We did we did a lot of that in 2020, yeah. and there were people who sent me emails. They said, "Man, I'm glad you kept hitting that." First, people said they knew they were registered, and they went there, and they double-checked, and they realized yeah, they took them off the book. Right. Yep, absolutely. Melanie, right. we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank All right, you. thanks a bunch. Appreciate All right, folks, when we come back, we'll chat with Mark Morial, CEO of the National Urban League, uh, about uh, climate change, Supreme Court decision, uh, but also politics here in Louisiana when it comes to that U.S. Senate race. 
You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Uh, download the Black Star Network app available on all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, uh, Roku, uh, Amazon Fire TV. Uh, no, don't go back, y'all. That's too fast. Thank you very much. Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Now, of course, you can support our Bring the Funk fan club where every dollar you get goes to support this show. Cash your, excuse me, text the money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Uh, Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back. Brand new iPhone 13. We've been customers for years. I thought new phones were for new customers. We got iPhone 13s too, switched to Verizon two minutes ago. Ours were busted, and we still got a shiny new one. Check it out. So wait, everybody gets the same great deal. I think that's the point. iPhone 13 on us. For every customer. Current, new, everyone. On any unlimited plan. Starting at just $35. All on the network more people rely on love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Pull up a chair. Take your seat. The Black Tape. With me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. Of course, I looked up to Spike Lee. Of course, who didn't? I mean, he's a he's a he's a genius. But then also, I was this 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 kid from Brooklyn, right? That felt like you know. Give me my damn respect. I, you know, I, I I made this you know this creative art, right? That people are responding to, and it would have been great if we had the opportunity to sit one on one. Hold on a second. Okay. Spike. What's up, baby? So I'm in L.A. right now. I got a one-on-one -on -one series with my network, Black Star Network. And I'm interviewing Maddie Rich. I appreciate that, bro. That's, that was, that's a big moment, man. That was like, uh, man, that was good. Got me all choked up. That's good. Well, I'm all about connecting. Appreciate that, bro. Shepard, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, and while he's doing Unfiltered, I'm practicing the wobble. 
Yes, I am. Because Roland Martin's the one, he will do it backwards. He will do it on the side. He messes everybody up when he gets into the wobble because he doesn't know how to do it, so he does it backwards. And it just messes me up every single time. So I'm working on it. I got it. You got Roland Martin. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wiles, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin All right, folks, welcome back to Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network here in New Orleans for the Essence Fest 2022. Uh, in this state, in this city, this black city, we call it Chocolate City, uh, African Americans, uh, again, play a huge role uh, when it comes to politics, when it comes to this state. This event is actually uh, the largest economic generator for the, in terms of annual event for the state of Louisiana. It's also the largest live event in the country. Yes, bigger than Indianapolis 500 or even Kentucky Super Bowl, Derby. in terms of people who are coming into a city. Uh, but the question is, uh, I'm going to talk about that and some other stuff with Mark Morial, CEO of the National Urban League. Uh, and Mark, glad to have you here. Yeah, rolling great. The thing that I, that I want to first deal with is King, Dr. King on April 3rd, 68, um, he, in his speech in Memphis at Mason Temple, he said black people individually were poor. But collectively, we represent one of the largest economies uh, in the world. And, and he talked about collective economics. And you know, this is an example of collective economics in that uh, this was a festival that was losing money. The deal that they cut in terms of getting pieces of hotel rooms and things along those lines, saying, hey, we bring them into your city we got to make sure that it's coming you know, Roland, back to uh, us. Uh, I have been uh, helped to birth this festival in 1995. This is 27 years. It was my first year as mayor. This festival was created to be a one-year event to celebrate the 25th anniversary uh, of Essence Magazine. And the first year, it almost broke even. Uh, the second year, they decided to come back. We worked with them to re-engineer the relationship with the hotels, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, and the city, and ultimately uh, the city, uh, the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and the hotels contributed uh, and invested in the Essence Festival. And that is sort of what I call phase one, mm -hmm. getting this stood up in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. Obviously, when Essence sold to Time Warner Cable, or Time Warner, I should Time say, Warner. There was a question of whether the commitment would remain. Uh, Michelle Ebanks, I think, was a driving force yeah. behind uh, ensuring that this festival would continue to survive mm -hmm. and thrive. And now under Richelieu's leadership, uh, it has now come back for what I consider to be a third phase, which is now the post-COVID. Now, 
you are absolutely right that this is an example of the power of African-American consumers, the power of African-American women as consumers and as cultural trendsetters in this country. I was just over And at, black political leaders. And black. And how all working together to ensure it continues. And it happens in a city where we've had uh, African-American mayors or mayors who were supported by the African-American community. Right. Uh, and that has been the case. Uh, a hotel general manager just told me an hour ago uh, that they're going to have the best weekend that they've had since this hotel has opened. Uh, so it is absolutely an example of black political and economic power uh, merging, coming together to create this tremendous event. Uh, but I think it's also an opportunity, Roland, to, uh, to, to query how we ensure continuously, because it was one of my dogged fights, Mm -hmm. that uh, black vendors and black musicians mm -hmm. and black, uh, black companies could participate in what the Essence Festival was all about and what it creates. So I encourage people while they're here to patronize a black-owned restaurant, to patronize black-owned retailers, to, to spend money with those community-based businesses uh, for whom Essence is really a significant part because this is what this is all about. It is about culture, but it's about empowerment and you yeah. know I want to congratulate you on the Black Star Network uh, because you staked out on an independent course of action to build something that is authentically black that tells the news about us for us and by us and uh, that should be noted that uh, in this time in this period building economic institutions businesses building a special event so Essence is enormously uh, successful and popular, but I want people to know that when we created this, mm -hmm. we were in the face of doubters, in the face of player haters, in the face of people who said, well, it'll last three to five years. Right. Now, almost 30 years, now 27 years, it is not only going strong, but it can be better than ever. There may be a half a million people here in New Orleans uh, black people from all over the world just met a delegation of people from Ghana uh, to celebrate, uh, to network, and to empower ourselves. Um, it's interesting uh, when you talked about uh, supporting those businesses. So here we have this black-owned media entity. We're out here fighting for our fair share of advertising dollars. Uh, I've taken our crew out now. Um, we got here Monday, uh, last th three different outlets. Uh, specifically went to black-owned restaurants. Um, and um, I think what today's bill was about $720. The other bill yesterday was about $450. Oh, uh, and then the day before that was about $400. And, and again, so for the person who's listening, so money that we were receiving for our fan base, also from advertising, building the show. You're we're sitting here going to black communities. So it's paying for folks who are in this room, paying for wait staff, but, but that's also being intentional. Intentional. Yes. My whole deal is, no, 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 we're going to these restaurants uh, and to ensure the money is going there. And, but that's part of the collective, collective piece. It has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. So when we're talking about, uh, like, we've had these fierce fights with people, and some people have gotten upset with us when we've said, look, 
We have, no, we have nothing against our friends at BT, but that money is going to Sherry Redstone. We said we have nothing against, uh, you know, Complex, but that money well, is going a, to BuzzFeed. You're right. And, a, and our deal is our media um, had, will always be small as long as we don't get a piece of that, of that, of that larger pie. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that has to be this constant refrain because when people say, well, man, uh, why can't y'all be like them? Because we don't have their money. Well, you're not a New York Stock Exchange company yet. Yet. And I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, this advertiser issue is one we're going to have to work more closely on. Uh, because in this post-George Floyd uh, time period, Roland, it is about social justice, but it is about economic justice. Yep. And economic justice means our businesses, our institutions, our historic institutions need to be supported. I raise with uh, many in this moment uh, the question of whether we're at a period, and this is the test, whether philanthropic redline, mm -hmm. for those of us who uh, run organizations like mine or HBCUs, we rely on donations yep. significantly. We don't sell anything. Right. We don't produce anything. We provide free services uh, to people. We do advocacy on behalf of people. But has this meant the end of philanthropic redlining, because I assert, like uh, you and the media business and black-owned media have not had a fair shake from advertisers, we've not necessarily, Absolutely. and I thank everybody who supports us, right? We've not had Absolutely. an equivalent Absolutely. Uh, investment from philanthropy, given the difficult issues of racial justice and poverty that we are called on to confront. Mm -hmm. And so that's, when we have authentic conversations, to me, authentic conversations also have to be about economic power. See, I, what, what I keep saying, and I've had people hit me, be like, man, why are you always bringing up the money? I said, if you ain't talking about money, you ain't discussing America. We, we should not be <laughs> afraid to discuss money because they not economic justice because we're in a free enterprise system, and to our peril, mm -hmm. we don't discuss economic institutions, resources, and money. And I say to people, uh, it is not about an obsession with money, mm -mm. but it is about economic justice and fairness and empowerment. And building, you know, like you, I grew up reading Ebony Jet and BET, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and Black Enterprise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't wait right. to get my hands on those magazines to look and see what was happening in the community. And Black Enterprise was always that Bible where you learned about black-owned business enterprises all across the nation. Well, even today, we have a handful of black-owned business enterprises that are exceed a billion in gross sales. But when you look at the whole... 95%, uh, 95%, 5 million or less. And that's not even, and even like we keep saying, and, and I had somebody got mad at me when I said but pre-COVID, we had 2.6 million black-owned businesses. 2.5 million had one employee. I said, those are not businesses. One was like, no, they are businesses. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. They're not. They're sole proprietors. And I said, and the problem is when you only have one person. I said, no, we've got to create capacity. But imagine the power if those 2.5 million one-person enterprises each just hired one more right. person. Right. That's 2.5 million jobs. And so... We've got to recognize the power of building many of these small enterprises. And, look, I've watched uh, 
we have a big initiative uh, around black restaurants now. And what's been fascinating to me is to learn that in this new era, we have black-owned restaurants that are serving Chinese food, vegan food, uh, in addition to traditional uh, black, right. Caribbean, or African uh, African. Don't fare. mean we can't own, and, that, own those restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. We, you know, we can do whatever we can, and, and we should not have any limitations so you on what we can do. You mentioned George Floyd. Um, I, what, what I've been articulating, Reverend Barbara's been doing this. I, I told John Hope Bryant this. I believe that we have to be using the language that we're operating in the third reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you look at the first two reconstructions, mm-hmm. last 12, 14 years, second one last 20 years. And you consider uh, the second a civil rights era. Absolutely. Yeah. But and, 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 and both of those, actually the biggest components of those were changing laws. Changing policy. But where they, where they came short was the money. And King, last five years of his life, was talking about, all about the money. Yeah. And so Poor I think in this period here, uh, you look at the $50 billion that all these corporations pledged in the wake of George Floyd's death. Uh, this is where, where for us it's like, oh, it's check due. You made announcements. You made billion-dollar announcements. No, no, no. What are you doing? And so you, you, you put them out there. You got, uh, got lauded for it. I think the, our pressure has to be on Every single one of these companies, what are you doing with that $50 billion? And secondly, is that commitment going to be a multi-year commitment? Right. Not just a one-time commitment. And let's right. talk in terms of scale. This number $50 billion came up. But let me say this to you, Roland. $50 billion, So what does that mean? The budget for one year, the operating budget for the city of New York, is $100 billion. Number two... African American spending power is at one four one five trillion. So I'll never sneeze at any amount of money that's going to be used for good purpose. But fifty in billion context. in context is not a monumental. No, but look, take the commitment. Take take uh, someone when we had Ron Busby on, and he talked about that black businesses get nine billion dollars in federal contracts, and somebody's probably like, "Oh my God, we're getting nine billion." It's 1.67%. They spend the power at $560 billion, you know, and, that, and that's the piece. Now, all of a sudden, if you start saying, no, if we were getting 10% and look, annually, I'm, I'm glad, that's $56 I'm, billion. I'm glad you raised the black business in the federal contracting arena because I just had a conversation earlier today about that. And so here's a place where unless we can change the law, so the law is structurally discriminatory. Mm-hmm. It imposes on black businesses caps. Yep. Gross receipts, meaning you can only get so big. Right. To get a contract pursuant to, quote, a disadvantaged business program. Number two, it places caps on the net worth of owners. And so what it places a many black-owned businesses who do business in the federal sector is you're too big to be small and you're too small to be big. And they graduate out and they can't take. This is something that can, can't be changed by presidential executive action. It needs an act of Congress. And so when you talk about the third reconstruction uh, and changing public policy, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, the only person who can propose a change in public policy is an elected official. There you go. Okay. I can call for one, but right. when I was a mayor, I could sign an executive order. 
when I was a state legislature, state legislator here, I could pull a, a bill, write it up, and introduce it and make sure it's heard mm -hmm. and voted on. So we've got to make this connection right. between policy change right. and elected officials and the necessity of participating in voting. And that voting and using our First Amendment right to protest are not in tension with each other. They are strategies, they are approaches that we have to use for our own liberation and empowerment. The, um, what is going on now? We look at this Supreme Court decision uh, on uh, basically gutting the EPA and saying, look, states have, they, federal government, they can't impose these mandates under Obama. States can do what it they is want to. It is a right-wing political coup being carried out by an unelected Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uh, has a political agenda unlike any court in the last 70 years, Roland. What they've done in less than a week is, is narrow the power of a co-equal branch of government, mm -hmm. the executive branch, by limiting the powers of the EPA. On the other hand, they have limited uh, the right to, of women to make decisions with respect to their own health by reinterpreting the Constitution. On the third hand, uh, they have slapped the hands of states, mm -hmm. not a state's rights decision, when it comes to guns and gun ownership. So right. on one hand, they're in favor right. of, uh, of their against state action. On the other hand, they're saying, well, leave it to the states. Now they've taken and, this new case out of North Carolina where they want, well, they, the Republicans are arguing the state Supreme Court shouldn't be telling us how to govern elections. We, the legislature, should be deciding that because they know they gerrymandered themselves into the majority uh, in places. The Wisconsin State Supreme Court, conservative Supreme Court, just said, oh, yeah, we agree with the Republican legislature that here you have people whose term has expired, but they get to stay in these positions until the person is confirmed. Oh, by the way, we won't confirm the governor's the Democratic governor's appointment. Roland, this is a... Uh, this is a uh a twist and a turn in the interpretation of the law that is very dangerous. Today, a poll says that only one in four Americans have confidence in the United States Supreme Court. In its decisions, the United States Supreme Court has basically turned its back on the American people and decided to carry out a political agenda. It's important that these decisions are reinterpretations of the Constitution to achieve a particular outcome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a lawyer who taught constitutional law, who's been involved in Supreme Court cases, and who is a close follower of the Supreme Court. And these decisions, many of them are twisted in their logic, inconsistent with the way the Constitution has historically been. Usually what the Supreme Court does is give great deference right. to the executive branch to do its duty and in this case, they're doing to the Environmental Protection Act the same thing they did to the Voting Rights Act. Well, look what they just did. They're the, rewriting the law by judicial fiat. Look what they just did with, with for the Louisiana, uh, the, the second black district. They literally jumped over. First of all, it was a district decision, which is the Fifth Circuit. They literally didn't kick it back. No. No. We're going to stay it. And, and, and they did not hold a hearing. 
Uh, right. It they, was, a sh- it was they, a shadow docket. Let press. me tell you something. It is. It is. This Supreme Court is a clear and present danger. Yes. To the civil, human, and individual rights of the American people, uh, and we have to call this court out. Uh, Roland, the 2016 election damaged us in oh, ways huge. that are. Huge. Indescribable. And there were a lot of people who were like, man, I'm not feeling Hillary. And I was one of the people who was saying, listen, I'm telling y'all, don't fall for that. And the Russians at the same time were running a campaign online telling our people not to vote, posing as black activists. So, you know, the 16 election, that's why it is so important. I've told people, people have said to me, you know, I'm I'm frustrated. And I said, frustration is not a strategy. Since when is frustration? So you're the, frustrated. Emotion. I'm frustrated too, but I'm not going to act and not vote out of frustration and surrender our power. And so we vote, and I vote as a voter. I sometimes have to make a choice between two people I'm not necessarily in love with. But what we will not do, I will never as a voter vote for someone whose agenda is out completely inconsistent with my survival and our survival as a community. And that to me is what is shaping up, which is why I am, I keep telling people, if you are in North Carolina, if you are in Wisconsin, or you're in, you in Pennsylvania, you're in Florida, or, Florida, or, or Georgia. Kentucky, or Georgia, or even Louisiana, uh, and, again, and, I, and again, I had Gary Chambers on, I know there are a bunch of people running, and I had somebody say, yeah, man, but you can write Louisiana off. I said, no, you can't. John Bell Edwards, is it governor? He won won by thirty thousand. And he votes. won twice. I'm like, guys, Kennedy can be defeated. I said, but it's who shows up, who votes. It's who show up, who's registered, uh, then who votes. Mark, always hey, a pleasure, brother, brother. Appreciate Black Star Network. Yes, sir. Look forward to working with you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be great. Glad, always glad to be back uh, in New Orleans, and so uh, I'm sure uh, I'll see you uh, down front dancing. Uh, and mes- you know mes- it, brother. Mes- mesmerized by Nicki Minaj and Janet Jackson. <laughs> uh, and, of course, old school Dazzle Brothers. You got it, baby. Uh, all, right, all right, folks, got to go to the break. We, we come back on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. We were chatting with Ben Crump uh, and some black employees with Google. Uh, they lay out some damning accusations against that company when it comes to discrimination. Uh, that is next right here. We'll be back in a moment. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives, and we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. I'm Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, and on the next Get Wealthy, what do the ultra-wealthy know that most of us don't? 
Well, the truth is that there is financial exclusion. And unfortunately, far too many black folks haven't had access to this knowledge. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about on our next Get Wealthy with Melinda Hightower, a banker who's doing something to share exactly what you need to do to make it into the high net worth status. They weren't just saving just to save. They were saving for a purpose. That's right here on Get Wealthy with me, America's Wealth Coach, only on Black Star Network. time to be smart. When we control our institutions, we win. This is the most important news show on television of any racial background. Y'all put two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars on this and keep this going. What you've done, Roland, since this crisis came out in full bloom. Anybody watching this, tell your friends, go back and look at the last two weeks, especially at Roland Martin and Filch. I mean, hell, go back and look at the last two days. You've had sitting United States Senators today, Klobuchar and Harris. Whatever you have that you have, you can bring to Roland Martin unfiltered to support it, please do because this information may literally save your life. Watch Roland Martin unfiltered daily at 6 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope or go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered Daily Digital Show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans distributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Of course I looked up to Spike Lee. Of course. Who didn't? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a genius. But then also, I was this 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 kid from Brooklyn right. that felt like, you know, Give me my damn respect. I, you know, I, I, I made this, you know, this creative art, right, that people are responding to. And it would have been great if we had the opportunity to sit one-on-one. Hold on one second. Okay. Spike. What's up, babe? So I'm in L.A. right now. I got a one-on-one series with my network, Black Star Network. And I'm interviewing Maddie Rich. I appreciate that, bro. That, that was... That's a big moment, man. That was like, uh, man, that was good. Got me all choked up. That's good. Well, I'm all about connecting. Appreciate that. everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. Hi, this is Essence Atkins, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Hey, yo, peace world, what's going on? It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Hi, my name is Brisha Webb, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Ow. Well, I like a nice filter usually, but we can be unfiltered. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. If you ready... You are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What's up? I'm Lance Gross and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. I mean, could it be any other way? Really? It's Roland Martin.
All right, folks, we want sheer stupidity. All you got to do is say, when you hear it, you go, damn, always Florida or always Texas. A group of educators, so-called educators in Texas, they want to actually not use the word slavery, but they want to use the word involuntary relocation in second grade social research instruction. These are nine educators and the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley professor. They're one of many teams uh, advising the state education board on changes to the curriculum. Okay, Now, they're literally contemplating updating the social research instruction 12 months after Republicans in Texas led this effort to pass a bill that uh, wanted students not to, quote, feel discomfort in Texas school rooms. Joining us now is Jasmine Crockett, a member of the Texas legislature. And of course, also, uh, she uh, won the uh, Democratic primary to replace Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson in Congress. Con uh, Representative Crockett, glad to have you on the show. Uh, I'm sorry, involuntary relocation? <laughs> really? I mean... Listen, <laughs> listen I, you know what? Like, I guess if I was somewhere sane, it really would be a joke, right? But we had a conversation about this um, with a local NAACP chapter last week where State Board of Education member Aisha Davis brought this up. And I looked at her and I was like, you're kidding, right? Like, you're, she's like, no, this is what these people are doing. Um, so it's important that we have these conversations because it's too late when they've changed the curriculum, right? And most people don't show up, don't testify. And frankly, most people don't know that it's going on, but like, they literally don't want us to know our history. And that's how and why we end up in situations that we're facing now with a ridiculous radical Supreme Court, right? Because we don't have a great appreciation for what all our forefathers went through just so that we could have an opportunity to do something like vote. See, this is, this is one of those things. So, so when they were acting the fool, we came to critical race theory. When they were uh, changing these laws, we were saying this was what was coming, this type of thing, that this whole we don't want people to feel discomfort. I, I, I don't understand... To me, I think if you're talking about slavery or the Holocaust, I don't know how you can feel, not feel uh, discomfort when you talk about heinous acts that were, that were taken against uh, or crimes against humanity. Yeah, no, I mean, but that's the whole point, though, right? Like, we all know that they were wrong. But then when we start looking at, say, Trumpers and the fact that they um, always seemingly have some love for, like, neo-Nazism, right? Like, it's like, well, maybe we should start to change what history looks like. And it, and it's a problem, right? Like they want, first of all, you and I both know that white folk are becoming the minority in this country. And that's what's scary. And so they're like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't want them to think that we did all these bad things in the past. No, you did bad things then and you're doing bad things now. And to think that you're going to teach our children 
that this was involuntary relocation and you think it's okay because you use the word involuntary they're like yeah yeah it was involuntary right <laughs> but like literally like people died like you stole people's bodies and you brought them over strictly for profit that is exactly what you did and then you basically decided that they weren't full humans when you got them here so we need to have a real conversation because that better explains why it's so difficult for us to break these barriers while we've only had one black president why today we only are just now seeing our first black female supreme court justice like we need little black kids to better understand so that they understand that listen just for you to be in this classroom sitting here with these little white kids let me tell you something there was a struggle to get there they need to understand that so that they can value their education and they can decide that they want to do more for the generations coming behind them. And to be perfectly honest, even when we're starting to talk about our Caucasian kids, they need to understand this negative and ugly history as well and have a better appreciation for what some of their brown and black little friends uh, have had to go through, the systemic issues that we start to talk about consistently. So uh, what's next? And so what role do lawmakers play uh, in this to, to hopefully stop this asinine change from actually happening? Yeah, we need people to testify. And so the State Board of Education is having hearings. Now, granted, when we look at the state legislature, it seems like you testify and it falls on deaf ears. And that may be the case, but it's important for us to make a record. Um, you know, we don't really have great representation on the State Board of Education. Just like any other body that we have in the state of Texas, it is definitely gerrymandered uh, to the T. And so they try to minimize the impact that black and brown voices um, have in the state of Texas, especially when it comes to education. But it's important for you to rise up because if they get to say, well, nobody said anything, so we thought it was okay, then that's exactly what it'll be. And so we don't need to give anybody a pass. And so it's important that you just Google Texas State Board of Education. Even if you can't physically show up and testify, you can submit um, information in written in the form of a written testimony. So absolutely go about doing that as well. Um, and yeah, reach out to those State Board of Education members, give them phone calls and say, listen, you may not understand, but let me tell you what it was for my ancestors. So let me educate you on why we don't want this BS language. Um, so make sure you give them a call. Just look to find out who your State Board of Education member is. All right, then. Representative Jasmine Crockett, always glad to have you on the show. Uh, and we appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right, folks, let's go to a break. We come back. Uh, our Black and Missing Plus, we'll chat with attorney Ben Crump about some discrimination accusations being filed by black employees at Google. Folks, don't forget to support us in what we do. Download the Black Star Network app available on all platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, <laughs> Roku, Amazon Fire, uh, also Xbox One and Samsung Smart TV. You can also help us by joining our Bring the Funk fan club where every dollar you give goes to support this show. It's uh, senior checks and money orders too, P.O. Box 57196. Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Uh, cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back.
the world is consistently on your shoulders, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Of course I looked up to Spike Lee. Of course, who didn't? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a genius. But then also, I was this... This, this kid from Brooklyn right. that felt like, you know... Give me my damn respect. I, you know, I, I, I made this, you know, this creative art, right, that people are responding to. And it would have been great if we had the opportunity to sit one-on-one. Hold on one second. Okay. Spike! Love So I'm in L.A. right now. I got a one-on-one series with my network, Black Star Network. And I'm interviewing Maddie Rich. I appreciate that, bro. That that was that's a big moment, man. That was like, uh, man, that was good. Got me all choked up. That's good. Well, I'm all about connecting. Appreciate that. Bro. doing this every day. Oh, no Thank you, Roland Martin, for always giving voice to the issues. Look for Roland Martin in the whirlwind, to quote Marcus Garvey again. The video looks phenomenal, so I'm really excited to see it on my big screen. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. See, there's a difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. I got to defer to the brilliance of Dr. Carr and to the brilliance of the Black Star Network. I am rolling with rolling all the way. Honored to be on a show that you own, a black man owns the show. Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real um, revolutionary right now. Wow. Rolling was amazing on that. Right. I love y'all. I can't commend you enough about this platform. Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach. And on the next Get Wealthy, what do the ultra-wealthy know that most of us don't? Well, the truth is that there is financial exclusion. And unfortunately, far too many Black folks haven't had access to this knowledge. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about on our next Get Wealthy with Melinda Hightower, a banker who's doing something to share exactly what you need to do to make it into the high net worth status. They weren't just saving just to save. They were saving for a purpose. That's right here on Get Wealthy with me, America's Wealth Coach, only on Black Star Network. This is Diala Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin, unfiltered. 
Stay woke. This is Director X, the director of Superfly on the red carpet or the black carpet. And you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Yo, what up, y'all? This is Jay Ellis, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm Lex Scott Davis, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. E. has been missing from Harvard, Louisiana since June 17, 2022. Kyle is 5 feet 6 inches tall, weighs 135 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Kyle Lazard should call the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office at 504-363-5500, 504-363-5500. A Georgia community is blaming over-policing for the fifth death of a man at the hands of the police. Savannah community leaders, uh, they want a federal investigation into the death of 31-year-old Saudi Array Lee, who was shot and killed Friday by Savannah police Officer Ernest Ferguson. Now, community members are demanding more transparency about the investigation. Reports say Lee showed the officer his weapons permit and his holster with his weapon. The report also indicates the officer chased Lee, then shot him. Hmm. Lee, y'all, was a licensed gun owner. Officer Ferguson is now on administrative leave. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice, they're launching the first ever investigation into the New York City Police Department Special Victims Division. The investigation will assess whether the Special Victims Division engages in a pattern or practice of gender-biased policing. The probe will include a comprehensive review of the policies, procedures, and training for SVD investigations of sexual assault crimes, including how the Special Victims Division interacts with survivors and witnesses, collects evidence, and completes their investigations. DOJ officials say they received information alleging deficiencies in the unit that have persisted for more than a decade leading to this investigation. A Kansas man will spend behind, time behind bars for threatening a black man with a knife because of his race. In September 2019, 27-year-old Colton Donner was driving through Paola, Kansas when he saw the unarmed, when the unnamed uh, black man walking on the sidewalk. Well, Donner got out of his vehicle and threatened the black man with a knife while telling him Paola was a, quote, white town. Donner was sentenced to 27 months in federal prison and 18 months supervised released. Uh, all right, folks, uh, going to a break, quick break. We come back. Ben Crump, we'll talk about this Google case of discrimination. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Roland Martin's doing this every day. Oh, no Thank you, Roland Martin, for always giving voice to the issues. Look for Roland Martin in the whirlwind, to quote Marcus Garvey again. The video looks phenomenal, so I'm really excited to see it on my big screen. Support this man, black media. He makes sure that our stories are told. See, this difference between black star network and black owned media and something like cnn i gotta defer to the brilliance of dr carr and to the brilliance of the black star network i am rolling with rolling all the way honored to be on a show that you own a black man 
owns the show. Folks, Black Star Network is here. I'm real um, revolutionary right now. Wow. Rolling was amazing on that. Hey, I love y'all. I can't commend. Y'all know who Roland Martin is. He got the ascot on, he do the news. It's fancy news. Keep it rolling. Right here. Rolling. Roland Martin. Right now. You are watching Roland Martin. Unfiltered. I mean, could it be any other way? Really. It's Roland Martin. First of all, all y'all who are watching on Facebook or uh, YouTube, y'all should be hitting that like button. I shouldn't have to be asking y'all to do that. We should easily be hitting 1,000 likes every single day. Uh, and so, uh, look, uh, y'all got about 300 to go on YouTube. So this ain't that hard, y'all. Click the damn button, okay? Don't have, don't have me asking y'all to do it. Facebook, hit the share button, hit the like button as well uh, so we can affect those algorithms. Please do that, all right? Uh, and speaking of social media, technology, yes, YouTube, Google. Attorney Ben Crump is involved in a case uh, in Silicon Valley where black employees are making some serious allegations against uh, Google. Uh, they are claiming discrimination uh, by the company with a pattern of racial uh, discrimination uh, towards minority employees. Uh, of course, uh, a variety of allegations here. Uh, ben Crump, a civil rights attorney, and the plaintiffs uh, is April Christina Curley, Desiree uh, Mayon, Ronika Lewis, and Chloe Sled. Glad to have all of you here. So exactly uh, what are y'all charging uh, the allegations against Google? Well, uh, we announced today that we're expanding the class action discrimination lawsuit on black employees at Google uh, to include black applicants who were denied, we believe, because of race. And we have added uh, these brave women to the lawsuit. And they can tell you better than I what they have been enduring at Google. I mean, it is not just uh, implicit bias. It's flagrant racism, like uh, Google worker said, when a black employee on a company out and got sunburned, how do you all get sunburned? I thought that's why they had slavery. Y'all don't get sunburned. And the HR, when this black employee complained, said just uh, the... Try to believe it with the best intentions. Is that what assume the best assume intent? Assume the best intent. So from there, they'll tell you about some of their experiences, Roland Martin. Okay, go ahead. All right. So that person he was referring to is me. Uh, basically, went on a company outing, came back with a sunburn, and the, the end result was me being told that black people don't get sunburned because of slavery. This is the reason why. <laughs> you can't because black people can get some. This is why we were owned this property. 
And whenever I chose to, when I went to HR as well as my manager, my manager then told me to assume the best intent. Assuming the best intent has basically been our, their form of racism, as well as tone policing black women and black people at these institutions to tell us not to speak up and not to do anything. As well as another example is whenever I was trying to even just go to the restroom um, on the second floor at, at the Google campus. The big thing that you will constantly hear us hear about us is we get badge police constantly to it because we don't belong there is what we've been told. So whenever I was asked trying to go to the second floor to go to the restroom, I was then told that my people don't belong there. Why do I why why am I there? What do I need to be there for? And then she continued to follow me around the entire building to, to police me being there, inclusive of security. When I reported that to the management as well as when I reported it to HR, I was told yet again to assume the best intent. Hmm. And then again, when I was I was bringing up these conversations to our chief of staff as well as our leadership about these things after George Floyd, right after George Floyd, I was told, why do I need feel the need to bring my blackness to work? <laughs> and lastly, I never, I, I mean, for me, I never knew that I could take my skin off and, and hang it, but this is where we are. And this, whenever I reported that yet again to HR, Again, I was told to police and tone police to say, assume the best intent. Wow. Yeah, you know, Roland, listen, first of all, thank you for having us here. I'm going to tell you, uh, you, you, you're you, doing new media before new media was new media as a term. You know what I mean? You've been bringing this type of news to the collective, to people, letting them know what's really up on these streets. So I just want to say thank you for doing that. Appreciate uh, it. For, for, for the decades of doing that. Appreciate it. And, you know, uh, so, so for me, you know, I, I joined Google uh, almost two and a half years ago. And during the pandemic, you know, I started February 3rd and, and volunteered and went out here to be on this COVID task force trying to figure out how do we help people get tested for COVID. You know, I had Googlers telling me, like, are you even smart enough to work at Google? You should be a DoorDash driver. Uh, one guy stole my phone, my work phone, my Google phone that they issued me and then uh, lied about it, helped me look for it, right? You know what they say about those people. He helped me look for it, so I should have known it was him. And then the next day he came back while I was still looking for it and said, ha, I had it the whole time, pulled it out of his backpack, and everyone in the room just dropped their head. And then wow. one guy said, listen, don't let him get to you. Every third person here is just like that. You know, and, and I wish I could tell you that that's the worst of it, but it just keeps getting worse. I mean, we, we were on a, a huge customer trip out in DC area, you know, shout out to DMV folks out there. And uh, we were at a country club having dinner, celebrating a great day with a customer. And a white guy turns to me and says, nothing would make him happier than to see me take this bone off of this other guy's plate, not even my plate, and bite into it. Why would that make you happy? And again, no one said anything. Everyone at the table, I mean, it got, it got quiet, right? And they just drop their heads, and it's like, this is pervasive. But, but again, I wish these were the worst things. I mean, the, the, we, we know what the ills of racism are. You know, we know that this is trauma that's carried deep in our genes and all of these different things. But, you know, I've, I've had uh, times where my, 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 my dad died, and after my father died, I'd come back to work and was working diligently and, and uh, you know, told my manager, hey, I want to take some time to spend with my mom for her birthday. Just, the, you know, just this weekend or just the day or whatever, Monday, Tuesday, whatever her birthday was. And he said to me, can't someone else do it? My dad had just died. This is her first birthday without my father. 
And his response was, can't someone else do it? And I noticed when other people have problems, you know, parents dying or, or, or relatives, because, you know, this is the pandemic. Let's keep it real. A lot of people have been lost during this time. They didn't get that. They, they were given whatever you need. Uh, my heart goes out to you. He angrily said to me and leaned into the camera, can't someone else do that? But, you know, beyond just these type of small things, there are things where, where financial impacts, right? We, we talk about wealth wage gap and inequality. We're underpaid. We're underleveled, right? And, you know, we're not either getting the promotion or, or, or even getting higher. Some people aren't making it through the door. I've seen more black people. And, I mean, April, she's the guru on this. I've seen more black people apply and get rejected. And this is all by design. I mean, we're finding out that this is really all by design. Right to keep us out. They never designed. They never designed Google to be for us in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, hi, Roland. It's such a pleasure uh, to talk with you today. I think my sentiments are similar um, to my beautiful sisters here. That my experience um, as a black woman at Google was was toxic. You know, I had a white manager tell me that um, I was intimidating to her, and she looked over me for leadership opportunities. She told me that the way that I speak, often with the Baltimore accent, was a disability. She told me that my promotion could not be approved because Google could not afford it. And so those experiences were true, but the lens that I want to double down on really quickly is through my recruitment efforts uh, at historically black colleges and universities. For six years, I was Google's most successful diversity recruiter, bringing in over 500 black and brown talented students into technical roles. Prior to my role in 2014, Google had hired zero HBCU students into technical roles. Mm. I brought in over 500, so the talent was there. The barriers that my students faced to get hired at Google were the barriers that I had to break down and be vocal about. Barriers such as recruiters tossing my students' resumes out of the window because they had an HBCU name on their resume that they hadn't heard of before. Recruiters uh, giving my students harder interview questions to trip them up. My recruit or interviewers telling students that they weren't googly enough, which we now know means they weren't white enough. So the barriers that existed, I was very vocal about. Google, instead of rewarding me for that, terminated me. And so that's why we're here. This is why we're fighting. Amen. So, um, so you filed this class action lawsuit, uh, Ben. Uh, have you been get hearing from other folks? Uh, sharing their own experiences, some who may be uh, afraid to join uh, this lawsuit. Uh, so how has that been going? And has, yeah. there, has there been any response thus far from Google? Yeah, you know, Roland, that's why I applaud these brave sisters for speaking up because there are a lot of people who are suffering in silence, but because it's uh, income, they won't say anything about it. I have one last sister to tell you her experience, Roland, because it is quite significant. Chloe? Roland, I can keep my comments short here. What I shared earlier today at the press conference is that the issue is, is not as broad as that Google doesn't like black people, but I think it can be even more specific in saying that Google doesn't like black liberated people. And so I think that's why you see when they hire women like the class you see here that isn't willing to accept racism, that isn't willing to accept the passive aggressive behavior. I think they almost consider us like accidental black hires. And so when they identify us within the company, they really put the entire weight of the system on us to forcefully push us out. And so for me, I experienced lower 
pay. I didn't get the promotions that I was told I would get. I experienced sexual harassment. I experienced racial harassment after trying to mobilize internally on behalf of Mike Brown Jr. and his family after he was murdered in Ferguson. So those are the things that I experienced. And one thing we told Roland, hey, Google, Google racism. Since they want to define everything and they know everything, where they should know what racism looks like. And right now, this class action is growing. And Google, this is your opportunity to do the right thing. Hopefully, black people won't be sucking in to they have tried as best they can to throw pennies on the table and to say, just be quiet. We don't have racism here at Google. Well, that's not the what the evidence demonstrates. There seems to be a pervasive problem of discrimination and racism. All right, then. Well, we certainly appreciate all of you joining us, uh, sharing your story with us, and we certainly uh, look forward to seeing uh, where uh, this lawsuit and this story goes. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Thank you so I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, folks, a final break, and then we come back. Uh, we will share with you uh, the opening, if you will, of this 2022 Essence Festival uh, that uh, took place today, of course, uh, at their uh, uh, opening session. Uh, things have already started, different events, and so we're going to break it down for you next, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network, live from New Orleans. up to Spike Lee. Of course, who didn't? I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a genius. But then also, I was this, this, this kid from Brooklyn right. that felt like, you know. Give me my damn respect. I, you know, I, I, I made this, you know, this creative art, right, that people are responding to. And it would have been great if we had the opportunity to sit one-on-one. Hold on a second. Okay. Spike. What's up, baby? So I'm in L.A. right now. I got a one-on-one -on -one series with my network, Black Star Network. And I'm interviewing Maddie Rich. I appreciate that, bro. That, that was, that's a big moment, man. That was like, uh, man, that was good. Got me all choked up. That's good. Well, I'm all about connecting. Appreciate that, bro. the simple way with real lemon juice 75 percent less sugar and mm, mm, mm. say yes to simple All right, folks, we are here in New Orleans for the 2022 Essence Festival, uh, courtesy uh, of Coca-Cola, partnering with them uh, to bring you the best of Essence. Uh, we're going to be covering this uh, gavel to gavel, going to all kinds of different events. Uh, today, they had the opening news conference. Our cameras were there. Uh, and here is how this all kicked off. I'll tell you more about our relationship with Essence. Coca-Cola's presence at this year's festival 
why I'm excited to talk to you about season four of If Not For My Girls. Yes. And the ongoing impact that we've had here in New Orleans, the local community, because it's important to us to contribute. At Coca-Cola Company, our purpose is to refresh the world and make a difference. And diversity, equity, and inclusion are core piece at their heart of our values and a cornerstone of our company culture. We proudly invest in programs and relationships to create a better shared future for our business relationships and our consumers. And we empower equal, excuse me, we empower access to equal opportunity, both in our workplaces and in the local community. For the past 26 years, 26 years, Coca-Cola has been the presenting sponsor of the Essence Festival of Culture. Together with Essence, we've demonstrated the power of building a strong, inclusive community. And today, I'm pleased to announce that Coca-Cola recently renewed our relationship with Essence. We've expanded our relationship, so over the next five years, we will continue our commitment to the community and the impact to women's empowerment. And the Dennis family, Mary Dennis, Uncle Raja, Uncle Emmett, and all the others that are here, entrusted me with a sacred cultural treasure. That it was important for the family to ensure it was back in black hands so it could serve black bodies, minds, and spirits. And the honor of being entrusted with that is great. But what's more important is what Rich Lou Dennis and the Dennis family did for us. They don't like the recognition. They don't like being called out because they operate with servants' hearts. But what we're not gonna do is let this moment continue without doing our part to thank them with what we communally accept as applause for the Dennis family. We gather here again in the city, we will never depart. We have the opportunity for the first time to have our festival be live and virtual so that our global diasporic community can be with us even if they ain't with us. And we can be with them even if we're not with them. And what that unlocks is the power that black joy needs to fuel so we can return blackness to greatness in the way we should have always had it. I'm so excited. The city of New Orleans is so excited to host the Essence Festival of Culture once again in our city after a two-year hiatus. We're prepared and we're more ready than ever before. We know that the investments in our economy are real. We know that over 90% of our hotels and motels are the occupancy mirrors that of 2019. But we also understand that that's only a snapshot. That doesn't capture folks who will be in short-term rentals or coming and staying with family and friends or in dorm rooms and the like. The investment and the impact 
on our economy is truly appreciated and it truly does meet us where our needs are in our community. But make no mistake about it, as the first woman mayor of the city of New Orleans in its 300 years, and a black woman at that, like one of our local influencers will say, you gots to know that it's the black joy for me. You gots to know that. Because that black joy, that we can be bold about it, it represents the vibrancy of who we are and the power, that collective power that we have. And the fact that Essence is home to the city of New Orleans, who is the most Afrocentric city in the United States of America. And it gives us what we need to be unapologetic about that. And it is rooted and embedded in the culture of this city again. That is second to none in the world. But it's because of the people of this community and the commitment to preserve that culture is also embedded in the history of the Essence Festival of Culture. I will also like to say that as the fifth mayor right, to be in leadership and in partnership with Essence, my brother Mayor Mark Moriel was the first. And he deemed it as a party with the purpose. And while I'm the fifth mayor, it means that I also have the responsibility of keeping it going. Sometimes being mayor when traditions are there the hardest part is why? Don't mess it up, right? You keep building, you keep growing because it's also about the community and that collective community and then investments not just in the city of New Orleans but in the black community across America. I also would have to say that, you know, when Caroline mentioned about what that joy means and to refuel, I have to be honest about it. I need that too. And it's leaders across this country and mayors who are on the front lines leading like no others are. We need this and I'm one of them. All right, folks, again, we're going to be covering all sort of stuff. Literally, when we finish the show, uh, the mayor has... Uh, her annual kickoff party. Uh, Congressman Troy Carter has his event. Our camera's going to be there. We'll have be showing you, bringing some of those interviews and showing you some of that uh, on tomorrow's show. So here's the deal. Make note of the time, y'all. So go ahead and know the time. We will be live uh, tomorrow from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. 4 to 6 p.m. Central. We'll be live tomorrow. Essence Festival kicks off tomorrow with the concerts uh, tomorrow night. Tonight, Kevin Hart performs, but he's actually coming here on tour. They sort of did it around the same time. That's really not a part of the Essence Festival, uh, but it is happening, of course, uh, in the same places. So, again, we're going to have a live show 
uh, an Essence Festival show uh, brought to you by Coca-Cola uh, tomorrow, uh, 4 to 6 Central, 5 to 7 Eastern. And so we'll be showing you all things that happen uh, on Friday. Uh, bringing you interviews and things along those lines. Really looking forward to that. And so we certainly want uh, y'all to uh, to uh, be involved. YouTube, y'all, come on. 962 likes. We should get 1,000. Come on, y'all. 38. Hurry the hell up. Hit the damn like button. So we're going to be uh, all over this place. Uh, crews all over. Melanie Campbell's group, the Black Women's Roundtable. Uh, they have an event tomorrow. Our cameras will be there recording that. We'll be restreaming that event later. But we're going to be, again, there recording that event. Uh, and so we're going to have live interviews. Uh, during the show, we're going to be we're going to have giving you a sense of again what's happening all around uh, New Orleans for Essence Fest. And so, if y'all looking for the best coverage, you can't be here in New Orleans. This is a place that you want to come. The Black Star Network. Again, uh, you can access this on our app, the Black Star Network app. Download it. All platforms: Apple Phone, Android Phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV. Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV, uh, and so please download the app. You can actually see it. Of course, we got our YouTube channel. We'll be live streaming on Twitch, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, all the platforms. We'll be all over the place, and so uh, you won't miss uh, anything. And so we got some great things in store for you. I cannot wait to show you uh, the stuff uh, that we have. And and so y'all y'all been looking at our. I'm gonna see y'all. know I'm gonna go ahead. I gotta show y'all. So y'all have been, you know, looking at. Uh, what we've been doing, looking at our, uh, so this is our high shot. So basically uh, what we've done is we're, we, we basically commandeered one of the rooms here uh, at one of the hotels. And uh, and so you see uh, all of uh, what we're doing. So y'all should, you should have my shot right here, right, Henry? You see it? Do you see it? Yeah, you see, there you go. All right, y'all. So you see this angle right here. And so just want to be able to show y'all how we're all set up here. Uh, you got it? Okay, hold on. Let's see here. What's the problem with the cable? There, it, here we go. I, I see it. Hold on. I gotta get. I gotta get us a new cable, y'all. The cable's messing up. Okay, let's see if I can get it. I'm trying to show y'all the whole setup. All right, it's not working. So it's the cable here. So let me go ahead and go to uh, Amazon. Poor move. Right? Okay, go to it now. All right. So yeah, now y'all see we're all set up in here. Oops, we lost a shot. Uh, there you go. So you see how we're all set up in here? Uh, yeah, we packed like sardines in this joint. Uh, but it's all good. Uh, we are here uh, again. Um, uh, so this is going to be our broadcast central. Doing interviews here. Doing interviews from the Road Road Mobile. Doing interviews uh, on location as well. And so y'all definitely want to check it out. I'm telling you, we got some great stuff. Uh, so nobody else is doing like we're doing. And we certainly want to appreciate uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, you know, we partnered with them for the MEAC Swag Challenge, the Bayou Classic Celebration Bowl. And so we're doing the same thing here. And so uh, it is, it's really going to be great, uh, the things uh, that we're doing and how we are, again, giving you a sense of what's happening here in New Orleans. Uh, let me also shout out, um, if y'all come to New Orleans, or even if you're not here for Essence, you're coming later. Uh, when I said to Mark, uh, there were uh, three black restaurants uh, that uh, we that we uh, have visited uh, in terms of supporting them, uh, uh, you know, spending our money uh, in those locations. Uh, and so, all right, so this here is uh, Morrow's Cafe, Morrow's Cafe, M-O-R-R-O-W-S uh, Cafe. Y'all, uh, the gumbo was fantastic. Look, I make gumbo, y'all. I know gumbo. That was a damn good bowl of gumbo. Morrow's Cafe is a black-owned restaurant that we went to. Uh, now, the first night, I did not take a photo. Yo, what was the name of the place? Barrow's? 
okay, Barrow's Catfish. So we went to another black-owned restaurant called Barrow's Catfish, and so uh, y'all can y'all can check uh, that place out, Barrow's Catfish. And so uh, you want to do that now. Uh, Henry sent me this photo here, y'all. So Leah Chase, we always used to go by Dookie Chases. Uh, she, of course, longtime chef. She died, 96 years old, in 2019. Uh, we interviewed her, and in this was in 2017. We came through New Orleans. Uh, for Essence, and so we always make a point of going by Dookie Chase. Uh, her spirit still is there, and so we had an opportunity to swing by. Her son was there. We took a group photo. Uh, this, of course, is also uh, right there in the pink. Uh, of course, one of the family members, and so we certainly still support uh, what they do. You see, uh, you, damn, how hard are you cheesing, Brittany and Alex? Uh, Y'all cheesing hard. And so, uh, and Anthony, look, Ant Okay, I don't understand what's up with Anthony and Aaron in here with the jail poses. I'm not quite understanding what's happening there. So let me go ahead and zoom this sucker out. Uh, Ariel, why you got your eyes closed? Uh, I don't know where Lanny's looking. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and Kenneth, he got this jail pose too. I don't know what's going on there. My goodness, y'all. Learn how to smile in photos. Uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, and so, th so this is the crew, y'all. Uh, this is the crew that we have here uh, covering uh, Essence Festival, uh, and we appreciate all of y'all's support. And so, again, y'all tune into the Black Star Network app. We got some great stuff lined up for you, and y'all know we're going to do it the way we do it, which is different from everybody else. That's it, folks. I'll see y'all tomorrow for our uh, special coverage of Essence Fest, courtesy of Coca-Cola, right here on the Black Star Network. Until then, holla! Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for in dreams go, life is a barren field, frozen with snow. Thank you.